just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast, kind of an important day. I did a podcast earlier kind of recapping what went on in the election last night, uh, but I did it very early in the morning, so some things have changed now. And so now we can bring it back up to date. And fortunately, I have Ed with me today to help reinforce what we have to say, because Ed sometimes is more more open and knowledgeable about the details. I'm more the big picture guy. So hopefully we can sort this thing out for the folks. Ed, thank you for joining me today. You bet. Uh, it's uh, it's my birthday, and I can think of no better way to celebrate. <laughs> wow, that's sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if this yeah, is the best really way is. you can celebrate <laughs> your birthday, wow, Ed, you need, you no, need to I get out. The elec- I meant the election outcome. Oh, I thought you meant being on the podcast. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going out later, so. Well, that's good. That's that's the good. The day is young. Yeah. Well, you know, coming into this midterm election, we heard a lot of gloom and doom. And and I want to point something out that I heard today and see what you think about this. Now, coming into the midterms historically speaking, I think the Republicans believe they'd pick up 25 to 30 seats in the House, maybe four seats in the Senate, and that wasn't necessarily a crazy prediction based on history. When a Democratic president wins, typically the Republicans win the midterms, and vice versa. When a Republican president wins, then the Democrats prevail in the midterms. Now, this almost always happens. There are two occasions in our lifetime that I know for sure when it didn't happen. It went the way of the uh, president. And one was with Bill Clinton and one was with George W. Bush. The interesting thing about that, though, is in both those occasions, at the time, the presidents were very popular. Their approval rating was 60 plus percent. Right. In this occasion... Joe Biden isn't quite as popular. His approval ratings like about 43%, 20 points less than Bush and Bill Clinton. So what's that tell us? Now, in the cases with Bush and Clinton, it had to be because they were so popular. But yeah. in this case, the Democrats really prevailed because the Republicans, if you see them, they're disappointed, they're downtrodden, they're, they're, they're upset about what happened here. But Joe Biden isn't popular. So my guess here isn't about a mandate on Joe Biden. This is a mandate on how bad they don't like fucking Donald Trump and the people that stand with Donald Trump and the policies and the procedures that they're doing. This is a red flag to the Republicans saying, yeah, what you're doing, not very good. Maybe you need to change this up. What do you think about that? Uh, yes and no. Okay. My, uh, my take on it, um, Obviously, uh, you're correct about the, the two presidents being popular. They were, I remember, you know, at the time. Uh, one deserved, one not so much, but still, it was the case. Um, part of the problem, I think, though, is that the media continually soft sells Joe Biden. 
Uh, they ignore his uh, major accomplishments, which have been many, yeah. uh, and, and rather amplify criticisms about him. If it had been Donald Trump with the same numbers, Donald Trump is up to 43% right, you know, right. with Joe Biden all with, an, with, a, with, a, with an approval rating of 43%. A red wave is coming. You right. know, that's what I heard. And I'm going bullshit. Number one, your polls mean nothing. True. Because I look at your polls. They're either too small a sample or they're obviously Republican push polls that you're trying to present as meaning something when they don't. Okay? The... Uh, so I uh, I take all of that with a grain of salt. I do think that, and we did see it. I don't think there was any abortion measure that was on the uh, uh, the ballot in any state that didn't prevail. Right, um, keeping abortion legal. I do think, though, that I saw some. Uh, I'll call it ticket splitting, but uh, I probably were a lot of women who voted for. Um, keeping abortion legal in the state, but then, and I won't just say women, uh, although it certainly it would be uh, of interest to them, but men and women who maybe voted for that, but then voted for a candidate who's against it, which makes no sense to me. But I think if you run the numbers, you'll see that has to have happened in some cases. But I do think that that was significant. Um, I also think the fact that a number of states, the Republican candidate was a flat out Nazi who was uh, picked by Donald Trump over better candidates. So uh, I don't understand why they were even looking them as viable. I'm thinking of uh, the governor in Pennsylvania, for example, right. or Carrie Lake in Arizona. These people are, they're spouting nothing but Nazi crap. Right. You know, so uh, a reasonable person, either Democrat or Republican, could not vote for that. <laughs> I'm sorry they can't, you know. so Well, well Carrie uh, Lake isn't – we don't have a final decision on Carrie Lake's situation. No, no. But she's losing, and she's already yelling about election fraud and how she's going to fight and how she may not concede and all that stuff. Carrie Lake, she doesn't have a chance to win that. She's not going to no. win it. And uh, she needs to fucking go away, really. Yeah, and who cares if she concedes or not? Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, well, you that know, means nothing to anybody. Well, that's the funny thing. You know, I talked to uh, Trump Lafux after Donald Trump lost, and they'll say he didn't lose, he didn't concede. No, he doesn't have that power. Uh, concede, conceding is more of a polite gesture, uh, a decent gesture, but there is no legal ramifications that he has to concede before he gets kicked out of office. And clearly he did get kicked out of office and he has yet to concede. In fact, he still says he won the 2020 election. I, you know, the thing is the Republicans were so sure, and this is what I like best of all. And I said this prior to the election, I said, if the Republicans think they're going to have a red wave and win everything, I love that for them because then they get to be blindsided. Hit by a bus blindsided. And if you look at Fox News and you listen to some of the Republicans on the various social media, they were fucking blindsided. They didn't oh, yeah. see what we saw. They yeah. honestly believed that they were going to have a red wave and they were going to take control and they were going to do everything they fucking wanted to. And while it's not decisive in the sense where the Democrats get all this power, it doesn't give the Republicans anything and they are defeated. The, um, uh, I was, um, disappointed 
that there were some Republicans I thought were vulnerable that managed to eke it out. Well, in some cases, they haven't technically done it yet, but Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, a good example. I mean, he's pretty much, I mean, he managed to barely get by, right? Right. Um, like, like I say, it isn't final yet, but it pretty much is, right? Uh, uh, Mandela Barnes hasn't, is that who it was? Uh, yeah, well, they, 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 they conceded yet, but no, he hasn't conceded yet, but they projected Ron Johnson to win. Right. And, and this guy is a waste of space. He's a sleazebag and he's one of the ones who wants to get rid of social security and Medicare. I was very disappointed that he didn't get his butt kicked. Uh, Chuck Grassley, same thing. Here's a guy who conspired to take down the government. I don't care what anybody says. It was obvious he was part of it. He said, I'm going to be there tomorrow to count the, you know, the, to, to oversee the uh, certification. He said that he knew they were going to try to take Pence out. He should have been gotten rid of. I take some solace in that right now they're projecting that um, Democrats may hold on to the Senate and they might lose the House by three or four votes. I mean, three or four uh, uh, Congress people. Right. Well, well, here's the deal. Here's here's the deal with the Senate. Okay, go ahead. One point. One point, though. Um, what people forget is there are at least seven congressmen and at least one senator who are going to be brought up on charges for insurrection. And right. that is Ron Johnson and the seven Republicans who asked for pardons because they were up to their necks in it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There may be more. There may be Ted Cruz. There may be uh, Josh Hawley right. uh, may also be brought up. But these people are going to be indicted. They're going to face and they may be convicted. Well, and that's what I told people. I said, regardless of how this midterm go, remember, after the midterms, theoretically, at least we hope this is the case, it becomes indictment season. There is nothing holding the DOJ, Fonnie Willis in Georgia, anybody in New York, from letting the indictments fly and letting all the evidence and the witnesses come out. The January 6th committee guarantee you we're going to have some hearings at some point soon, and more shit is going to be exposed. And some of those people that are going to be exposed are those sitting members of Congress that were involved in the insurrection. They know it. J6 knows it. The only reason they haven't done it as yet is because of the election. Well, the election is over. There's nothing holding them back. I expect the J6 committee and I expect the DOJ to start coming at these sitting members of Congress. And like you say, it could be seven or eight. It could be more than that. But Marjorie Taylor Greene won yesterday. Not a big surprise, given where she's coming from. But uh, don't expect her to be there very long. She was in the thick of the insurrection, and she will probably get her ass expelled from Congress. Yeah, I mean, uh, she was tied in with Andy Biggs, the guy who was showing people around the day before. Uh, we have the video. We know that they were there the next day as insurrectionists. So, I mean, that's a slam dunk as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Absolutely. Um, and, and others who, who gave tours. Uh, I believe Bobert gave one. Uh, and she's hanging on by a thread here. I thought uh, she, she was going to lose. Back. I thought well, I, she was they, losing. She is, but it's still in the air. You know, okay. so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say she lost yet and have to eat it later. Um, I'm 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 speculating that uh, her 15 she's gonna be cawthorned here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, pretty quick, and and it uh, couldn't happen to a nicer girl. Yeah, she is a 
I see is a piece of shit. So what, what do you think here with the Republicans? They came in all cocky thinking they were going to take control. And for every reasonable reason, they should have. There should have been a red wave. They should have taken the House and the Senate easily, and they didn't. Are they smart enough to step back and say, you know, maybe we better change shit up because 2024 isn't that far away. And if we just squeaking through this thing, we maybe need to look at what we're all about. I don't know. I don't think Republicans ever do that or they would have done it back. Uh, remember when John Boehner was, uh, you know, yeah. uh, against the uh, Tea Party, the Newt Gingrich, you know, you know, all of that, that they were frac- factional, fractional, fractional, well, fractured the word I'm looking for. Right. And uh, they didn't, they never corrected, you know, they, uh, they just kept going. They wound up losing uh, the election to Obama, and um, but uh, anyway, the uh, it, it's always perturbed me that people expect that midterm thing. You elect a president, and hopefully, you give him a mandate and the people to work with, like they did with Joe Biden, right. you know. And uh, then you give them two years, and then you abandon that. And you send in people that are going to obstruct. What sense? What 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 sense does that make? I mean, give them four years for gosh sakes. Give them one term to get it done or not. I mean, you're you know, it takes the first year just to get your people in place, right? And that's if you don't have a pandemic and and you don't have uh, inflation out the butt worldwide. So uh, you're going to make that change that quick? No, it, it makes no sense. And people who do it just boggle my mind as to why they would want the other party to be in power. Maybe it's because that the party in power relaxes and they don't get out the vote. I don't know what the deal is, but I was very pleased to see it this time work out the way it did. It will please me more if we keep the House and Senate, then we can get some stuff done maybe. Yeah, Otherwise, it's going to be two years of gridlock and nothing gets done. They will shut down the January 6th committee. Uh, so everything has to be done before the end of December or, you know, where, where they go on recess. Um, and they will they will impeach Joe Biden. They will um, impeach Merrick Garland. They will uh, have hearings about and bring in Fauci and everybody connected with the shutdown. And, and it's going to be a circus and it's going to be a waste of everybody's time for the next two years if right. they get control of the house. So we're not out of the woods yet and they can still screw with the debt ceiling too and demand that we reduce social security, Medicare and whatever. Um, that there, there, would kill them. I would hope. There's but a problem with them getting. Know. There's a problem with them getting control of the house because if they get if the Republicans get control of the house, they aren't going to have it by much. Maybe nope. on the high end, maybe eight seats, maybe less than that, maybe two seats, whatever. And that causes problems for for uh, um, that causes problems for Kevin McCarthy. He wants to be the Speaker of the House. And there's right. some question if there's a weaker split or a more even split in the House, whether Kevin McCarthy will even get to be Speaker of the House. I mean, he's fucked up a lot. I can't imagine the Republicans will, will, will want to get behind him. But, but the thing about it is, is even if the split, 
is even, or the Republicans win a few seats more than than the Democrats. Here's the problem the Republicans have. We just saw the midterms. All these Trump humpers are going to go the way we think they're going to go. But all these other people are smart enough to say, you know, that's probably not a good way. So not all these Republicans will side with the Trump humpers in most cases, especially since an election isn't imminent. So they may be, I think what we're going to see right now because of the abject failure of Donald Trump, um, people stepping away from Donald Trump and maybe that ideology, maybe not far enough, but enough to go against the Trump humpers. That's what I'm hoping, too. I'm hoping that there's some soul searching going on in the Republican Party, which is a euphemism because we know they don't actually have, have souls. souls. No, yeah, no. But uh, uh, there is some introspection maybe going on where they're saying maybe this whole Trump thing isn't a good idea. Look, everybody he sided with lost for the most part. Right. You know, and uh, J.D. Vance being the sole exception. And he got in by the skin of his teeth. And I'm not sure how. No, I don't either. I don't either. I would have to say his opponent wasn't the most dynamic, perhaps. Um, people, I mean, if if you've got a movie made about your life, directed by uh, uh, Opie and, and so forth, that gives you a little bit of panache the other guy doesn't have. And more people have probably seen the movie than watch debates or read up on anything. They know the name J.D. Vance. They know... Trump uh, humiliated the hell out of him, but did give him an endorsement, right. uh, which I don't know. I mean, if if I had been J.D. DeVance and Trump had said on the podium what he said about me, I'd have punched the guy in the face and said, I don't need you, MF. Get the hell out of here. Exactly. You know? But that's just me. That's just me. You know, and he probably would have picked up votes. I think the knife in the heart was Fetterman beating Oz. Now, I'm not surprised oh. that he beat Oz, but that's the thing that killed the fucking Republicans. That's the thing that made it a race in the Senate. Uh, you know, here's a guy who had a stroke and didn't do well in the debates, but he still beats Dr. Oz. And he should have beaten Dr. Oz, but that just killed the Republicans. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't remember which pundit who was saying it, but uh, it may have been uh, Carville, James Carville, who showed up uh, talking today where he said, the uh, I don't care what state you're in, if you look like one of us, they're the ones you're going to go for. So Oz right. obviously didn't, and Fetterman did. You know, he looks as uh, blue collars you can get, you know, and maybe a little, a little over. Yeah, there's but, uh, he seems genuine, you know, and the struggle that he's gone through makes him even more human, I guess. Well, he seems genuine, and that certainly is a rarity in politics. So maybe that's what worked for him. But Dr. Oz didn't even live in the state. He's a carpetbagger. He's bullshit. He's barely an American. No, he's barely an American, and he's an elitist. He's got 10 houses. He just can't relate to the people of Pennsylvania and it and it and it showed it showed that uh, he couldn't beat Fetterman who had his problems as well. Now, the Senate situation looks kind of interesting. Right now as I understand it with Ron Johnson winning in Wisconsin, it's coming down to three states. It's coming down yep. to Arizona, Nevada, yep. and Georgia. So, if a Republican wins one of those states. 
then it comes down to Georgia. If the Democrats win both those states, they've got the majority in the Senate. So they're in pretty good position there. It looks like they might do well, certainly in Arizona, Nevada. Nobody knows because no fucking results are out there. But people have been worried about the Georgia Senate thing. Right now, it looks like uh, Warnock is up by maybe a percentage point over Herschel Walker. But what people tend to forget is that in order for somebody to win the Senate seat in the election, they have to win by more than 50%. And we know what happens right. when you don't have candidates that get 50 or 50% or more. That's what happened to Warnock when he was in the race last time. They have to yep. go to a runoff. Now, that runoff may not come, well, will not come until December 6th if they have a runoff. So we may not even know who has control of the Senate for a month. Yeah, if it comes down to that contest. Better yet to win the other two, and then nobody cares, right? I mean, we right. care. I mean, obviously, the more votes you got, better in the Senate. But uh, the other thing is there were there were they weren't the only ones in the race. You had a libertarian who polled 2%. Right. And right. that's the difference. That's the difference between Warnick winning and losing, really. So which way are they going to go if they choose to come out and vote again? in the runoff we don't know that they will um it might stay the same but they may just throw up her hand and say screw it you know because i can't believe even a libertarian would support herschel walker we know who supported herschel walker and it is counterintuitive it was the evangelicals oh absolutely 88 percent i think went for uh, herschel walker against a guy who's an actual minister Right. <laughs> yeah. Explain that. I mean, the evangelicals, I've had my issues with the evangelicals for years. I've got in a family fight who with somebody who happened to be evangelical. And as far as I'm concerned, as much as they espouse being followers of Jesus and God, they are the core of what's evil in this country right now. And and I can back that up with examples if somebody wants to, but the evangelicals are far from religious, far from followers of God. They are a fucking cult, and they are in it for evil, for their own benefit, for their own enrichment. I, I'm fucking annoyed by I, evangelicals. Well, as I have, as I have enlightened you before, I used to be one for a short time. For a five-year period, I was in an evangelical church and deeply involved with it. But that was eventually what sent me packing, was that I could not stand their positions on social issues. Right. Um, and I did my own reading. I did my own research and found out there was mostly bullshit. Well, it was all bullshit. Okay. Their positions were all totally wrong. And it's it. it you are right. They are a cult. And they or an inclusive cult. It's, we are good, everybody else is evil. Yeah. You know, back then it was, the bug, the bugaboo was uh, secular humanism. And have you heard that term lately? I've heard the term. I don't know no, what the fuck that means. Not no, lately, I haven't means, heard it, but I know the term. It means non-religious and that you believe uh, that humans are, you know, good on their own. They don't need God. You know, they don't need uh, any sort of spiritual thing going, you know. But anyway, um, they cannot allow others to have a faith separate 
from their own. They cannot. It is part of their being to deny all other faiths, all other philosophies, everything else is evil, everything else is from Satan, right? And the things they condemn are, you know, tend to be social issues that uh, have always been a bugaboo of some sort. Now, uh, they don't, I don't think they particularly do this one. Are, are you right or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay, me too. Um, my wife was born left-handed and she was forced to become right-handed and it's still an issue for her. And, um, and that the reason for that was that in, in, from ancient times on up, the word senator, senator actually means left-handed. Really? It was seen as evil. It was seen as evil. The devil was left-handed. Anything sitting on the left hand was was evil. Anything on the right hand, you always on the right hand of God. The right hand of this was good. Left right. was evil. <clears throat> In modern times, people started to figure out. Well, this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> it's it's just uh, for some reason you're born one way or the other. And uh, they speculated that maybe five percent of the population was left-handed. But as it became more acceptable, more and more people came out as left-handed. So that ultimately you get a like a spike on a graph going straight up like a pinnacle because people were hiding the fact they were left-handed, that they had converted, you know, whatever. Uh, it's the same with everything evangelicals hate, like uh, transgender people. You know, right. well, there were no transgender people when I was a kid. Bullshit. They've always been there throughout history, but they've had to be, you know, off screen, so to speak. Right. Right. But uh, uh, everybody else can accept that. Everybody else can accept gay people, lesbians, every possible gender we can accept that, but they can't. There's only one, and you know, or there's one man, one woman, and that's it, and that kind of crap, right? It, it, it's interesting. That's, that's, but that's what motivates them. These social issues. They would starve their own children if they could sock it to the liberals. Let me put oh. it. That, they do it. They yeah. do it every election. Well, it's interesting that you you point out that left right handed thing. Um, the argument and the concerns in that case with right and left-handed, they finally came to the understanding that people are just born one way or the other. You're right. It is an exact, it is exact same thing as dealing with gay people or transgendered people. They want to force them to be somewhere, some other way because they weren't born with it. They learned it. And apparently they have to learn a lesson that they already learned with the left and right-handed but they aren't there yet with the transgendered and gay people. It just it just goes to show how evangelicals just make a judgment and they stick with it as if it's a mandate from God because they fucking said it. Well, that this is the thing, and everything. If they can't find it in the Bible, then they get a personal message from God. They get a word of knowledge. They get. You see these guys on TV. They're always. Uh, I can never remember the guy's name, but he's down in Texas and, you know, he's got 10 airplanes and he's, uh, it's not Joel Austin. It's the other one, the really, really objectionable one, <clears throat> but he's claiming stuff like he, uh, he blew away COVID-19, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. You know? That was uh, Kenneth Copeland. 
that's the dude. Yes, I man, I despise that guy. Oh, oh. <laughs> and 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 I despise his followers even more because this guy is so transparently bullshit that if you are following him, you might as well give it up. You ain't human. You have no cognitive ability. You're a rock or something. I'm not sure what you are. You're not human. You know, it's interestingly interesting about Copeland. He is the essence of evil. You just look at him yes. and you can see it. You can see in his eyes. If I was a religious leader, I would say, Kenneth Copeland, you appeared to be possessed by something evil. And I would love to address that with him. But, you know, when I was younger, being in radio, and, and I used to sit and watch evangelists all the time. And I watched Kevin Copeland. And back in the day, I'm talking 20, 30 years ago, maybe longer than that, I was always impressed because they were really fucking good. They were mm-hmm. good at talking, they were good at controlling the crowd, and they were good storytellers, and they sucked those people in. Then they just decided, we love this guy, and they followed anything he said. And like a lot of people on that side of the aisle or that side of the coin, once they get a little power, they lose their shit. Yep. They get drunk with their own power, and they honestly believe they can do anything. If it's what I believe, then it's got to be right because God told me it was right. And and that's what I see with Copeland. Not that Copeland wasn't evil back in the day, but it was a different time, and they didn't really play as big a part in politics. And I watch these guys, and I go, God, they're really fucking good. I didn't believe anything they said, but I was impressed by the way they were able to deliver a message. Yeah, well, you know, I went through that whole, uh, This I was just coming out of the evangelical world when Jerry Falwell was on his rise. And I was uh, very, very disturbed at what I saw happening, both with him, with um, the Billy Graham organization after Billy kicked off, because I think he saw, to a certain extent, the dangers of politics of being involved in politics finally and pull back from it. His son, Franklin, has embraced it, of course. And uh, so the whole Billy Graham organization is now just a tool of Franklin Graham and just as bad as, as any of the others. But uh, since uh, the the younger Falwell fell from grace, right, he's been talking more. And he's been telling us that Jerry got blitzed on cough syrup every night. He called it Baptist wine. Yeah. Because he, he couldn't go out and buy wine or liquor. So he just he got uh, schnockered on uh, cough syrup. Um, went through two or three bottles a night, you know, wow. and, uh, uh, would his followers have been upset to know that they probably would have, you know, they would have been somewhat judgmental, judgmental on him. But that's, see, that's the thing with these guys. They can screw up badly. Look at Jim Baker, right? Yeah. Here's yeah. a guy who went to prison, but he's back on, uh, you know, on, uh, the air, so to speak. He's on, uh, streaming, I guess, but, uh, on the internet, but uh, all they have to do is, oh, I fell from grace. I gave in to the devil, but I'm back now. The Lord forgives me. Send me your money, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. You. you know, in terms of Jerry Falwell Jr., I've been told to watch a documentary that just came out. I haven't done it as yet, but it sounds very compelling. God forbid. It talks about the sex scandal and all the things that went on with Jerry Fowle Jr. And you're right. He has fallen from grace. But they somehow rise from the ashes, like you say, Jim Baker. 
Now, you got to remember, Jim Baker back in the day was hugely popular, but he got arrested for fucking over his own people, stealing their money. I still remember hearing the story that when the FBI came in to get him, this powerful man was curled up in the fetal position under his desk, crying and shaking. They drag him off to jail. Nobody could be more shamed than, than, than this clown. But yet he comes back. And what does he do? He goes on the Internet, maybe television, and he starts selling more crap. He starts grifting the very same people he went to jail for grifting. And somehow these people are stupid enough to fucking buy into it a second time. I do not get it. I, I'm convinced when I see the election yesterday and I see the Republicans doing what they're doing, we've just got an inordinate amount of stupid people in this country. Agreed. And I just I just tweeted something to that effect this morning based on what happened in Tennessee yesterday. Predictably, Bill Lee was reelected governor and all of the uh, um, other uh, offices, uh, Congress and so forth, were you know filled by Republicans. But but you were expecting uh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My own uh, representative, Diane Harshbarger, whose husband is in jail. because their drug company was selling fake drugs to the VA. He took the fall, but she was involved. But then she gets sent to Congress. Uh, don't don't ask me how it works. But uh, uh, she did not debate. She did not run a single campaign um, commercial. Really? She didn't go on. Uh, I didn't even see one of her signs because she knew that R by her name was all she needed. And that that's uh, really tragic. Uh, she did have an opponent and he got some votes, but uh, just because he had a D by his name, I guess, and there's a few of us around. But uh, what we had four constitutional amendments proposed yesterday, Tennessee Constitution. One was to allow ministers to run for office, which I didn't know was illegal. And most people probably didn't, but they wanted to clean that up and get it off the books. Right. The other one was uh, succession of the governor after lieutenant governor, because that wasn't established in it. So they would make it the Speaker of the House now and, and so on down as to who becomes governor if, you know, they all get COVID and die or something, you know. Right, right. But uh, another was to remove slavery from the Constitution. I, it's like in the 14th Amendment, it says uh, involuntary servitude is banned except uh in the case of as a criminal penalty, well, they wanted to get rid of that. So, and and they did. So that was a good thing. Well, so they're, they're, the so, so two hundred years later, they're up to speed now. They're ready to go. Yeah, they're against yeah. slavery. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Took them a while, but you know they figured it out. And then uh, the final one, though, was they designated Tennessee by constitutional amendment a right to work state which means they put into the state constitution the right to make less money than everybody else anywhere and to weaken unions, the only people that could help them make more money. So they have to be the most ignorant people in the world, really, uh, to not understand that and to not say, no, wait a minute, let's don't do that. Let's empower unions so that we can actually make some money. You know, and uh, but no, now now here in the state of Tennessee, it's a right to work state. So the people 
And there's a lot of people that are poor in Tennessee. Yes. That are trying yes, to work and make a living and trying yes. to survive. They now voted for um, uh, a situation where they can't really deal with unions. And in fact, people, if, if let me know if I understand this correctly. If you're in a right to work state, you can get fired for anything. Nobody has to say why. They just fucking kick you out the door and you're out of fucking luck. Yeah, and that's that's the case. Uh, that's definitely the case. The big thing, though, of course, is that if you you have a union election and you actually somehow or other get everybody to agree that you need a union, so you put a union in place. But uh, in a right to work state, you cannot require anyone who works there to join the union. Nor can you, uh, like we had in Minnesota, you didn't have to join our union, but you had to pay dues, a little right. bit reduced. But a fair share, it was called, right? Right. So you can't require anything like that. So you can have a union, but you can't make everybody join it, which reduces its power, of course. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of money that it has to hold strikes and so forth. And, um, you know, unions have been weakened and weakened and weakened and weakened uh, anyway. But to ensconce this in the state constitution is uh, is a step that most states don't take. But here, because we're so ignorant, well, they are. I'm not. Obviously, I know. And a few other people are, too. But uh, they don't like unions. And I'm not I'm not sure how they were able to ever sell it to them. The unions were a bad thing. But it's always been that way. And um, I don't well, know. Um, you know, Ford is bringing in a big factory to make batteries and so forth. And uh, they insisted that their, their place be union. So I don't know how this is going to fly. Right. You know, I don't know if there's going to be loggerheads on this or whatever, but uh, or does it's Ford's, very important. Does Ford then say, okay, we're not coming to Tennessee. Nice move, Tennessee. I, well, it could happen, you know, but to the oligarchs who run Tennessee, that's just fine. You know, uh, they always talk about low taxes. We have the lowest taxes. Yeah, lowest taxes on uh, millionaires. But everybody else is paying high sales tax on everything and also property tax. And in many cases, because they don't have enough money in counties, they have a personal property tax. They call it a wheel tax. It's calculated on your vehicle. Mine's $70 this year, really? you know, just, but just because I live here. And uh, they can't fund the schools and the roads without uh, doing that. It's a totally regressive tax. And yet there are millionaires in this county we're paying virtually no taxes. Well, so, they're paying no income taxes. Right. The rich get richer, the poor get fucked. So if there are people in Tennessee right now that are working a minimum wage job or a little above that and can't make their 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 bills every month and then uh, something goes wrong and they get their ass fired and now they're unemployed and they have to figure out how to make money just to survive, you voted for it, motherfucker. You deserve it. And you know, that's kind of what I've said about Republicans. If you vote Republican and a Republican gets in, you kind of get what you deserve. If you're so stupid that you don't well, know you're voting against yourself, well, then you deserve the problems you're going to get. Now, not everybody votes votes for it or votes uh, against the Democratic policies. But Jesus Christ, what are you, yeah, what are you supposed mean, you to do with that? Well, it's ignorance. Uh, they didn't realize they saw right to work and, oh, well, I want the right to work, so I'll vote for that. 
you know? Yeah, you know, that's but, sad, uh, but you're probably right. I think I'm 100% right on that. I would guarantee it. I'd be mad people <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, though, is that it affects you because you live in Minnesota. And in Minnesota, you pay, your state pays more in taxes to the federal government than you get back in services. Right. 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 One of the reasons that's true is because you have a state income tax that gives you a lot more money. You take money from the billionaires and everybody pays a little bit in a sliding scale to the the low income people don't pay crap. And that's good because they can't afford it. But uh, here we don't have that. So what happens? We have high poverty numbers, so we get a block grant from the federal government in anti-poverty money so that we can take that money and we can hire Brett Favre not to talk to us. Now, I support that in principle, but uh, I, I make a joke, of course, because that's what I have in Louisiana, but it's here, too. I mean, Bill Lee was just talking about how they're going to spend this poverty money they've had mounting up for like a dozen years. It's just been sitting there. Because they make it so hard to qualify in Tennessee for that kind of what used to be called uh, aid to families with dependent children. It's something different now because it's a blog grant. But to qualify for that, you basically have to be, uh, you know, a, a paraplegic and blind and, you know, a, a woman with six children. Maybe you can get 200 bucks a month, something like that. You know, but they make it very hard. So that money just sits there and they invest it. They do other, they sneak in and they take a bit here, a bit there. And, uh, um, they use it as a slush fund, essentially. Right. And uh, we saw what happened in Louisiana where they did pay Brett Favre to make speeches he never made and build a, a volleyball facility for his daughter. Well, it's the same kind of thing that goes on here because nobody's really paying attention to it. So that's that's another reason that you don't want a right to work state because it ensures poverty is going to continue. It ensures that money is going to come in and it's just going to be going to the wrong people. Exactly. And and if you think uh, politicians, especially Republican politicians, are there working for you, you're categorically wrong. I mean, you can see it by how things have played out. They're not here for you. They don't have a... Uh, uh, any policies. They don't have any platform. They don't do anything. And if that's what you want, well, then you're getting it. But keep in mind, you're still going to struggle financially and you're not going to get any help. And uh, it's on you. You made that decision. I tell you what, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed here with me today. And this just came over the wire, Ed, as they used to say. There is no more wire, but uh, but uh, apparently the Georgia Senate race is going to go to a runoff. Neither one got yeah. 50%. So Herschel Walker and uh, and Raphael Warnock will go into a runoff race, much like Raphael Warnock did in 2020, uh, and it's going to come up on December 6th. So we could have a month without knowing who's controlling the Senate. I'll go back and say, we're waiting for Nevada and Arizona. If the Republicans win one of those, then it's going to come down to Georgia. If the Democrats win both, then they have control. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those two states. But this runoff with Herschel Walker and Warnock interests me. Uh, this does a couple of things. It gives Herschel Walker another month to fuck up and look stupid. It also... Bingo. 
It also gives all of Georgia the time to focus on just that. Not the gubernatorial race, not any other races. They're all going to focus on Herschel and Warnock. Now, whether they all come out to vote, I don't know. uh, As long as more Democrats come out than Republicans, that's all that matters to me. But uh, we could be biting our fingernails once again to see who's going to control the Senate, just like we did in 2020. Well, um, I'm sure that uh, all of the uh, radio and television stations in Georgia are going, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It's another month of revenue for us. You know, I mean, this is the thing. I think that uh, the ever since they let the news and the commercial divisions merge, that this has become a problem, especially in political seasons, because you're not going to cut off your revenue stream if you can avoid it. So why not make it a horse race, even if it's not? You know, right. even if exactly. one of the candidates, like in this case, is so totally unqualified to be a U.S. senator that a rock would be better because at least it wouldn't open its mouth all the time. But you make it into a horse race. You you give panache to this guy uh, somehow or other, which I don't understand how you do that. I mean, uh, he's obviously not Christian, but yet they accept him as such the same way they do Donald Trump. Uh, and when they have an actual Christian minister who is his opposition and they can't accept that, that, that makes no sense to me. And you know what the problem is there. He's not a white minister. Okay. That's what it, what it well, is. Well, Georgia. absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in the in the in the Bible, it says, I swear to God, when I was a little boy, I remember this very well. I had a friend whose father was from southern Iowa. So not the deep south, but southern Iowa. And he was a typical redneck fucker. Um, he was a little bit of a weirdo. And and so I would go over to their house like in the late 60s because I was eight or nine years old. His son was my best friend. He lived a couple blocks away from the school. I was always there. And around the time prior to Martin Luther King being uh, killed, he would always spout off to us how, well, Martin Luther King's a criminal. He's been in jail. And when you're eight years old, you go, he's been in jail. He must be a criminal. We don't know the other aspects of this. Uh, and then I said something about slavery and he sat there and told me, he said, well, it says in the Bible that pe- black people are subservient to white people. I go, it says that in the Bible? My God. And I went home and told my mom what, he, what I was told. Yeah. And she was hard pressed not to slap me, even though I don't know <laughs> fucking anything. And she got on, she got on the phone with, uh, my friend's dad and, uh, it didn't go well. It didn't, it didn't go well, but, but that's the mentality I see we're dealing with, with the evangelicals. They believe that somehow in the Bible, black people are supposed to be subservient, that slavery isn't such a bad thing, that, uh, LGBTQ and uh, transgender people are bad because they have the choice and they have the devil within them. And that's why they are the way they are. That's what these people believe. And for whatever yeah. reason, people around them believe this shit too. It, it can only go to ignorance. It's too bad we can't go back in time and give him the statement that makes evangelical, evangelical head spin, yeah. like in the exorcist. 
Yeah. All you have to look at do is look at them and say, there are no white people in the Bible. Right. They there weren't. Believe that. No, I know there is no. They couldn't They're be. They're all brown or in some cases black um, because Middle East. <laughs> right. I mean, and I'm Africa. sorry, Charles Heston. Charles Heston was not Moses. Okay. And uh, uh, Deborah Paget wasn't Cleopatra, and neither was uh, uh, well, the more famous it, one. Isn't you know? Egypt in fucking Africa? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at hieroglyphics. They're all brown. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you know, this is the thing. and There are no white people in the Bible. It's all co-opted. We took the Old Testament from the Jews and said, this is part of our Bible. And then we're going to take these fragments of letters, no two of which are alike, and and put it all together into something like a narrative, right? right. All of which are different. And then we're gonna we're gonna say this is the word of God. Well, I'm right. sorry, I'm sorry. It's a compilation of old writings that may or may not have anything to do with each other. It's just not. It was put together by the church for a reason, and that's it. You know, I mean, you can be spiritual. You can still believe in God and Jesus. But the Bible is not what you think it is. It's not a rule book, and it's not a true history. It's metaphor, and it's fragments of letters that may or may not really add up to it. There's certainly not a guy don't have a lot live, okay? Well, and, 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 you know, I've said before, I believe in God. I have my own reasons for it. I'm fairly uh, dedicated to my belief in God. Uh, The Bible I mean, I've always looked at this logically. I mean, it was written tons of years ago. A bunch of t- people wrote it. It was it was translated, and now I'm hearing some translations directly from Aramaic, as opposed to what we hear normally, and the message is totally different. So you have to question the validity of the document. Uh, you know, maybe there is some good good things. Uh, being said and some good advice to people. But I, I think the Dalai Lama said the best thing, we can simplify this down, boil it down to one thing, just be kind to one another. And if you just do that, all that other shit falls into place where it should be. These the, these little rules and regulations that people like the evangelicals end up misinterpreting to fit their agenda just kind of perverts the whole fucking document. Yeah, and, you know, not to get real preachy about it, but I'm going to throw two things in here. First off, Jesus said, I bring you a new commandment. And that means that it took care of all the old ones. They don't right. matter. Right. Okay. Love one another and love me. That was it. Right. <laughs> That's the message. Okay. That's pretty easy, right? That's pretty and, easy. And, uh, you know, uh, loving some of these other people, very hard for me, I must say. But still, that that's what it is. And the, uh, the, that's the big one. Okay, that's all you need to know. You don't need to know all of this this other fall and roll. And I forgot my other point. It'll come back to me at some point. Well, if you love one another and love God, you're probably not going to kill somebody. You're probably right. not going to steal from somebody. You're not going to covet somebody's wife if you follow that one rule. So you're right. It, you don't have to break it down into Ten Commandments. You don't have to break it down in the whole fucking Bible. It's very clear. Uh, you know, a lot of these rules that the evangelicals put out there, in my mind, I'm thinking, does God really care about that stuff? I mean, does God really no. care if I say the F word? I don't think so. 
I, I, you know, no. this is something we've been trained to do. Now, I, I just, been, I was looking at a tweet just recently, and it comes from somebody, Mike Singleton. I don't know who that is, but uh, my brother sent it to me, and it says Fox News on the election results. This is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party. You know, wow. there are a lot of there are a lot of Democrats that are upset that it wasn't more of a blue wave, and I don't think there was ever any possibility that it was going to be a blue wave given it being a midterm. Um, but the Republicans, if the Democrats really looked at the Republicans, I mean, they're despondent about this. You yeah. see them on the social media platforms. You see them on the right wing media. You see the politicians talking. I'm hearing that Donald Trump is absolutely apoplectic going nuts because he knows this is going to hurt him. I mean, if there was a big loser last night, it was Donald Trump. No question. Because every governor he supported in this country lost. Most yep. of everybody he supported lost. And I said this before the election. Uh, when he doesn't come through with the power that he's alleged to have, the Republicans are going to have to step back and say, yeah, well, maybe this isn't a good route. He's our Lord and Savior, but he's not helping us anymore. He's more of a liability. Then that motherfucker's going to get kicked to the curb. Then you throw in the fact that Ron DeSantis won big in Florida. Yep. That just weakens Donald Trump, too. He's yep. not the first candidate um, they're going to think about in 2024. And I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to make it there either, but that's beside the point. Donald Trump lost a lot when DeSantis won. Donald Trump lost a lot when all his people lost. His power is waning, and it's just a matter of a short period of time when he's no longer a factor with the Republican Party. They're going to step away from him. They're saying it in tweets right now. They're saying, you know, maybe we should yeah. do something different than Donald Trump, and that's going to fuck him up. Oh yeah, he'll he'll probably go apoplectic and fall over, uh, yeah. which which wouldn't be a bad turn of events. But no. uh, I did remember my other point uh, on the, as far as the evangelicals go, and that is they want to make uh, one sin worse than another. Okay, number one, I don't agree with their definition of sin, but let's say that homosexuality, which did not appear in the Bible until 1946, did you know that the word yeah. homosexual? Yeah, I did. It's true. It did not appear before that. And it's a mistranslation of a Greek word. But anyway, they say, oh, that's terrible. Homosexuality is terrible. Gay marriage is terrible. Lesbians are terrible. But you know what the most, the worst sin of all in the Bible is pride. <laughs> that's the one that is the most, the one that is most, uh, um, sanctioned. Okay. It's the biggie, you know, but really what it comes down to is there's no graduation of it in, in the way Jesus looked at it. Sin is sin. You're a sinful person and you cannot be otherwise. That's why I have to make a sacrifice. That's why God has to do it because you can't, but then coming back for you to come back and say, well, that sin's worse than the sins I do. Uh, like accumulating all this money and cheating people and lying, 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 lying all the time. Oh, well, he, that's, that's, that's venal sins. You know, I mean, it's not, or which one is it? I'm not Catholic, so I don't remember which one is venal and which one is, uh, major, but, uh, 
Anyway, there are no graduations. Not really. Not if you read it. Okay. So that's the problem with evangelicals. They don't read the Bible. They listen to what other people say about it. But, and then they hold it up as this, this beacon, which it isn't. It's mostly metaphor. And, uh, some of it may be true. Some of it may not. I don't know. I think the Sermon on the Mount's pretty good. But, uh, beyond that, I don't put much, uh, much faith in it, so to speak. Yeah. You know, one of the things I don't think the evangelicals understand, and this is where I think they're kind of dumb. They, uh, uh, they think, uh, that, uh, the Republicans really support everything they do. They believe everything the evangelicals do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, the Republicans are just using them for the votes and whatever money they can grift. Um, and at the same time, the evangelicals are using the Republicans for power. I mean, right. it's a, it's a horrible relationship because, because the Republicans are probably the most sinful people as far as getting involved in child sex trafficking or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or exactly. whatever. I mean, Newt Gingrich, didn't Newt Gingrich file for divorce and hand his, pa- his wife papers for the divorce while she was in bed with fucking cancer? There's a good religious guy. There's a guy mm-hmm. who loves somebody. There's a guy who respects his wife. See, that's the thing I don't understand. They come together because they believe they have some power, but neither one of them believe in the other. Neither one of them really believe how they live their lives. So it's just a matter of a means to an end. I don't like you. You don't like me. You don't do what I like and vice versa. But we can get some power. So let's fucking do that. Yeah, that's 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 what it comes down to. Speaking of power, if Donald Trump falls, which he will, uh, I mean, oh, this, no question, he he's not going to recover from this. I mean, just the other day he was saying, "I'm going to make this big announcement on the 15th." I think that's probably not going to happen now. That's when he was going to announce that he was running for president. You know, it was he was expecting this big red wave. He was expecting these people to win. And uh, he was expecting to have all of this goodwill toward him so he can come in, he can make his announcement and just get more money, more money, more money, uh, and uh, maybe shield himself from, from some uh, legal things because he's running for president or whatever his tortured mind was telling him. That's all gone. Yeah, oh, yeah, no That's question. totally gone. And not only for him. Kevin McCarthy's been worshiping. He's been on his knees in front of this guy yeah, and been over for this guy uh, ever since, uh, you know, right after January 6th. And uh, this is not going to be, this is not going to reflect well on Kevin McCarthy. And if they do take the house, there's going to be a battle for who's going to be speaker. I predict it ain't going to be Kevin McCarthy. If they even get that far, I'm still not giving them the house yet. But it ain't going to be Kevin McCarthy. I agree. Now, I, I agree. But I even think, if you, uh, whoever gets the House is ahead. not going to have a lot of power, though, because it's going to no. be a slim margin. Right. I mean, they'll still be able to obfuscate and, uh, uh, you know, waste time and and blockade everything. They can do that to a certain extent unless I mean, I got to give Joe credit here. You know, people got to wise up and give Joe Biden some credit. This guy has been the most effective president of our lives, probably, yeah. certainly of yours. Yeah. And uh, 
Johnson. I think he could probably Johnson. Johnson was, was great. He was great too, but then he didn't get reelected. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, he finished up Kennedy's term, got one of his own, and then chose to back off because he knew he couldn't get reelected, mainly because he screwed up with the war. Right. He domestically, he was terrific. He was golden domestically, best since Roosevelt. But the war got it. You know, the war got Nixon, too. You yeah. know, war is not a good thing, people. I don't know why you don't understand that. But uh, uh, I think Mitch will survive should should they get the Senate. Because he has removed himself from Trump. After January 6th, he had nothing to do with Trump. You know, right. well, he did. And he's and, positioned him well. Well, and in fact, Donald Trump has come out and he said, Well, if I become president, you better get rid of Mitch McConnell because I won't accept right. any legislation if Mitch McConnell's handling it to me. Well, that's a little presumptuous because I think at this point, after what happened last night, and what's going to happen with indictments and investigations and all this stuff that are going to be coming down on Donald Trump, it's pretty presumptuous of Donald Trump to think the Republicans even want him to run for mm-hmm. president. They're going to try to get as far away from him as possible. Their next savior may be uh, Ron DeSantis, but even that may wane after two years. Two years is a long time to decide who's going to run for president and who's going to win for president. And Donald Trump is going to have a fucking tough two years. And it started today. Yeah. And uh, how many, uh, how many different cases are there again against him? Let's say five really five good Five or ones. six. Yeah. Five or six. You know, one of them's got him. One of them is going to get him. It's either going to be the documents or the the New York case, or I personally think it'll be the Georgia case. I mean, yeah. to me, that's so open and shut that it's going to take down him and Lindsey Graham. Um, there's other things, uh, you know. There's others. But well, there's those the lawsuits. The there's the lawsuits. Mm-hmm. The, his, his company and is on trial. And January sixth, the big one. You know, right. the and insurrection. And it's not just the J6 committee. Whether that goes away or not, it doesn't matter because the DOJ has got a grand jury for the January 6th insurrection. And that's all that really fucking matters, ultimately. Yeah, Donald Trump's going to have a lot of trouble. People always come to me and say, God, I hope Donald Trump doesn't run in 2024. I hope he doesn't run. And I always tell him, I said, look, um, first of all, he may be precluded from running legally because of whatever indictment he gets. That may happen. His health may be in question. He will be 78 at that point, but he's a much different 78 than Joe Biden was because he's overweight. Yep. He's a slob and he eats Big Macs all fucking day. A guy of that kind of health and that kind of stress that he's going to be under over the next two years, he could just fucking keel over. And the last thing, is, of course, that the Republicans aren't going to want anything to do with him, especially after this midterm thing. But I tell people, I said, don't be afraid Donald Trump is going to run for president in 2024. Pray that he's going to run in 2024. Pray that the Republicans give him the candidacy, because then he will be wiped off the fucking map. I mean, he lost by 7 million votes in 2020. Do you think it's going to get better in 2024? I don't think so. No, I don't either. The other thing I just wanted to bring up, I don't know, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but he had a rally the other day. It may have been in Texas. I forget where it was, but he was was touting the fact that he had gotten uh, 
and he had weakened the estate tax, right? And he was talking to farmers, so he was saying, did you like that? Did you like that? So you can pass your farm along to your kids without paying a bunch of taxes on it, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, he says, of course, you don't have to do that. If you have horrible children, you don't have to give it to them. Do you, do you have horrible children? And the implications seem to be that he does. Well, of course he does. Yeah. And well, yeah, but I don't think he was talking about Eric and I don't think he was talking about Don Jr. Because they've been following the program. But who have you not heard say a word lately? Yeah, Ivanka has been pretty quiet. Ivanka and Jared have not been saying crap. So I'm thinking and and we heard a thing at one point he wanted to fire him and they talked him out of it. He was going to do it with a tweet. Well, it wouldn't look uh, good. It wouldn't have looked good. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, not that I have any love in my heart for Jared Kushner. I mean, this guy is as sleazy, maybe more sleazy than Donald Trump. He walked away with the $2 billion, right? And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, he and Ivanka were these uh, liberals until daddy got to be president, you know, and then suddenly they were so obviously they have no principles of their own. But uh, um, I think there's some something going on there in the Trump household that, and maybe, maybe he was pissed off that they testified uh, before the January 6th committee. And, and he pretended that it didn't bother him, but it kind of had to. Oh, it had to. Think? Well, he doesn't know what they said. Uh, right. At least we presume he doesn't know what they said. And if Ivanka, Eric and Don Jr. Um, they're the kind of people that if they had to save themselves, they'd throw dad under the bus with no fucking problem. There was one other election, small election, that's got to get Donald Trump right by the short hairs. In New York, Letitia James easily won her attorney general's <laughs> election. Yes. Which means yes. everything that Donald Trump is going through with that uh, civil case in New York yeah. is going to keep going. There's nothing he hates yeah. worse than a woman with power. Oh, wait, there is one thing worse, a black woman with power. He <laughs> fucking hates that. And that was my favorite election win. Letitia James is still in there, and she's still going to be going after Donald Trump. Yeah, I went to bed last night, and I must tell you that I tossed and turned a little bit. I uh, I um, was not feeling good going into the election evening. Uh, I'm seeing all of these people talking blue waves and all of this stuff. I mean, uh, red waves. And, and um, you know, I was feeling a little bit like, well, maybe it's the case. Maybe it will be a historical midterms. Maybe we'll lose 40 seats. Um, who knows what's going to happen here? Maybe they will screw, screw with my livelihood, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But then, I woke up, uh, uh, I don't know, at some point during the night, as we older folks tend to do, and I, I grab my phone as I'm getting out of bed, and I, I just look at a few things, and I go back and slept like a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it was already the Republicans. There, there's a couple of Republicans that, for some reason or other, always show up on my Twitter feed, and uh, maybe because I engage with them, I don't know, but there was... Uh, the one that, the one I saw was this guy. His name's Nick Adams. I hate to mention it because I don't want to give him any, possible, any uh, publicity. He's an Austra Australian immigrant, and he's always talking about being an alpha male, but he looks like a pudding. 
but yeah. uh, he's al- he's always uh, you know pumping Trump, right? He's written some books and stuff. I I've never read him. I hadn't heard of him until Twitter, but uh, he wrote. Well, if, tomorrow they're going to try to blame Trump for this, but it was really Mitch McConnell. When I saw that, <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I can just go take a nap. Now I can go to bed because obviously this is going in the right direction. Well, this is kind of weird, too. How much do you think – I mean, everybody was worried about a couple of things going into this midterm, should the Republicans not do well. And clearly they didn't do well, and the Republicans know they didn't do well. First of all, they were concerned about um, violence, and I didn't see that. I don't think there's going to be any violence. And secondly, that they're going to be screaming election fraud. And I I tried to explain to the folks, I said, look, you know, it's one thing to say there was election fraud for a presidential election. But when you have a (laughs) wide-ranging loss in different states at different levels, that's hard to nail it down. I mean, if you're going to argue that there was election fraud in the governorship in Arizona, it's hard to focus on all these other areas like in Minnesota or New York or other places where Democrats won. There's no way they can mount that kind of attack. So the whole idea of them claiming election fraud isn't going to work. And you know what? You don't hear anybody screaming that. Maybe here and there, Cary Lake is a little bit down in down in uh, Arizona, but it's not widespread like we heard in 2020, and there is no violence that I know of at this point. Uh, no, I, I've not heard a single word. There was a thing right before election day where this guy in Iowa shot his neighbor. Um, yeah. You know, a, a right-wing twit shot a guy he thought was a Democrat. I assume maybe he was. I'm not sure, but, you know, that that's really unfortunate, and I hope to hang the guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Uh, He's like he's like the guy who uh, you know attacked uh, Pelosi's husband. There, they're triggered by this this right wing bullshit, and that gets in their head, and it's going to come out eventually. I personally think anybody who is who who instigates that kind of thing is just as guilty and should be charged. But that's that's just me. Maybe we can get to that point where you've got a uh, a Ted Cruz or somebody or uh, any of the any of uh, Marsha Blackburn or any of these people putting out something that could could spur somebody uh, toward, uh, you know, the Q stuff. They, you know, pedophiles and drinking kids blood and all that stuff. To me, that ought to be actionable. I mean, that, that's slander. I mean, that is pure out slander and uh, obviously not true. Yeah. Um and you obviously know it's not true when you say it. You can't say, well, I thought it could be true. You know it's not true. That's insane. But uh, they, they've gotten away with that kind of stuff too long. And uh, Carrie Lake was threatening reporters the other day. Trump, I'm told, was talking with a small group of his advisors saying, we got to find a way to lock up reporters. Right, right. And so, he's all, he also you know, he went on to admonish... Get this. He went on to admonish some uh, Republican candidates who lost because he was angry they lost. And this is what he said. You didn't support me enough. You didn't support the big lie enough. If you would have just done that, you would have won, which is absolutely ridiculous. But see, Donald Trump still sees himself as this deity that people should honor and respect. But he's losing that honor and respect 
every minute of every day now after all he's gone through. And I, you know, I, people said, what's going to happen after the midterms? What do the Democrats do then? I said, well, if the Democrats lose or it's kind of close like it is, what the Democrats need to do is focus on, because they're not going to get anything passed or it's going to be harder to get it passed. So what they need to do then is they need to go full force. They should have done this a year ago, full force in just destroying the Republican Party with indictments, with investigations, with all this shit. They need to just tear them down, expose them so that they lose what little power they have left because they don't have power now. All they had was Donald Trump and that took a shit last night. So they're on the run, whether you like to think it or not. So you might as well put them down permanently. Well, a couple of things they need to do, and that is deal with what the Republicans, if nothing else, are very disciplined, possibly because they have this organ that they've set up that gives them their talking points every day, because it has to be the case, because they all have the same ones, right? Yeah. What they went for in this election was crime, which is at historic lows. Yeah. That's we can tell that we have the figures. Democrats need to get that out there. I mean, there are some cities where where uh, crime is uh, you know a problem, but most of that has to do with lax gun laws. You get rid of that, you know, that's half of the battle right there. Right, crime, inflation, which we can clearly show is yes, there's inflation. There's worldwide inflation. But 54% of it in this country is price gouging, and we can prove that, and we should prove that. We should have congressional hearings on that, demand that the Republicans join us. I mean, you know, they wouldn't be involved with the uh, the January 6th committee because they just wanted to disrupt it. I mean, we got the two Republicans, the two good ones, that, uh, or at least the two serviceable ones. I won't say they're good because they still vote Republican. But uh, we got got two that, that helped us out with that. Demand that we have congressional hearings on price gouging because it's very easy to prove. I mean, if you take your costs and you deduct those from your profit and you have 54% more than you did last year, and that kind of proves it, right? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, and, and unfortunately, Republicans don't look at facts or truth. That has no bearing on it. It's all rhetoric and bullshit. But they've got to be looking twice at the bullshit because the bullshit isn't working. And last night was a perfect example of it. So are they smart enough to step back and make some changes, some wholesale changes in their policies and who they follow? I, I don't know if they're smart enough. And frankly, I hope they're not smart uh, enough because they'll then they'll just get down. buried. No, well, that's what they always do. They yeah. double down and then they will get fucking buried. Will they back away from abortion now that they see how unpopular their position is? Reckon? Well, yeah, maybe, but the damage is already done. Yeah. Well, somebody had, uh, you know, what was the what killed the Republicans last night? It was Dobbs. That's the, uh, right. you know, the Supreme Court decision. Dobbs and uh, the candidates, they used a D word, but I can't remember what it was. And uh, um, deniers. Yeah, the deniers, it was yeah. Dobbs, Dobbs, deniers and Donald was what killed the Republicans. Absolutely. And the Republicans know it. And they're even showing that, like I said, you know, on social media and on the TV news, they were all just 
aghast at what happened. I, the way I like to explain folks like this when they get blindsided like this is that they uh, end up with their mouth agape and their least impressive appendage in their hand. And that's what <laughs> fucking happened. That's what fucking happened last night. They were surprised. I wasn't surprised. I don't think you were surprised. Um, uh, I really hope that the Democrats would win more, but but I, I'll settle for this. You know, if if we end up going into this staying even, that's not a plus and doesn't get a lot of things done. But it's better than the alternative, better than what the Republicans knew they were going to get. They were going to get power. They were going to impeach Merrick Garland and and Joe Biden. And Joe Biden said, yeah, go ahead. Give it a shot. See what the fuck you can do. He doesn't care. No. I mean, why would he? He knows they've got nothing. He has no high crimes or misdemeanors, period. You know, uh, depleting the oil reserve is not a a high crime or a misdemeanor, especially when that's what it's for. You know, it's like we have a big big thing full of water over here. The house is on fire, but we don't want to touch that. We want to save that in case we need it. You know, that's the argument on not using the, the oil reserve, right? But it does two things. You It eases the price at the pump, but right. it also makes the oil companies pump more in order to get the money to replenish it, you know, because they get paid for that oil. We're not asking them to do it for nothing, right? but it's a new market for them. So, yeah, they're happy. They pump more. That also brings the price down. It's a brilliant idea. But Republicans go, no, we can't use the reserve because we got to save it in case we need it. But we need it. Well, <laughs> we might need it more later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's idiots. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, I, I got a question for you. Say the Republicans win a small majority in the Senate. Okay. Right. Then do the Democrats, are they all in on the filibuster now? I mean, that's usually the way it goes. Who's ever in the minority loves the filibuster, and it could be Democrats or Republicans. I think the filibuster should go away regardless who's in power. I mean, granted, if you don't have the filibuster when the Republicans are in power, there could be some damaging things. But when those damaging things happen, that'll have some impact on the next election. I say you let it run free, and if bad happens— it happens, and let the voters decide whether they want to keep these fucks in. Uh, the same thing if good things happen. You know, the voters can decide. The filibuster is one of those things that stop anything from happening in our government, and that is the whole fucking reason why our politicians and our government representatives are even there, to do things. But they do everything they can to do nothing. I, I, my idea of the filibuster is go back to where it used to be. Okay. You probably can't even remember this, but you've, you've seen uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, right? Where right. Jimmy Stewart's filibustering and he's up there for two or three days and he's weaving back and forth and eventually falls over, right? Uh, that's the way it used to be. You know, right. you'd have people reading green eggs, eggs and ham at two in the morning just to keep the, um, keep it going. Make it, make them do that. Make them do that. Make them have the resolve to do that and make it be the person, one person, you know, and when they fall over, they fall over and then you would get on with it. Right. Well, that's it. Um, they, they, they turned it into a situation uh, uh, where you can fucking mail it in. I call filibuster 
and then everything stops. Right. I mean, if you've got a filibuster and there is a way that the filibuster should be implemented, you should have to fucking do it. You don't just to call get to call a filibuster and it's a gimme. You have to no. do something for it. Yeah, well, that that's what I think. Yeah, they'll use it. Why wouldn't they? You know? <coughs> but then the, the Democrats uh, the, love the filibuster, which has mm-hmm. been my point. You know, it doesn't right. matter if you're Democrat or Republican. If you need it, you love the filibuster. Right, and that, that's the thing. The, the what Unless you can get a clear majority, and, and that's hard to do. I'm not sure that's ever going to be the case again. Unless, you know, there's, there's something really strange happens, you know, in, um, like a bunch of them getting indicted. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a good one. That would be a good one. I'm waiting for that. I'm ready. I am waiting to see, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene indicted and Louis Gohmert indicted and Andy Biggs indicted and Ted Cruz indicted and Ron Johnson indicted. And whoever else they can get that had anything to do with January 6th promoting it, I'd love to see uh, Clarence Thomas impeached and his wife indicted. Uh, all of these people, I'd like to see him fall. And, and maybe we can see that. You know, that's that's the thing. Maybe we don't need to worry about legislation, who's in the House and who's in the Senate, as long as the DOJ is doing their job. Well, and that's that's the, the the best point. Now that we're past the midterms, the, all the excuses are off the board. Yep. It's time Merrick Garland, Fonnie Willis, the folks in New York, Letitia James, Elvin Bragg, they get to doing their fucking job. They get to getting. You can't, you know, I'm convinced we haven't heard anything about the sitting members of Congress involved in the insurrection because of the election. Now the J6 committee and the DOJ should be able to come out and say, okay, these people were involved. We need to do something about it. I think they should have done it before the election because it's too serious, but we know how it fucking works in Washington. But right now the pressure's got to be on Merrick Garland. He either needs to fucking do something or, or get out of the fucking way because he has a job to do. He has some serious crimes that he has to address. And he's the one that tells us no one's above the law. So fucking prove it. Yep. And that's probably a good place to end it because that is everything else is speculation until December 8th, possibly right? Uh, right. with, with, uh, with the Senate certainly we'll know about the house before then, but you know, um, that could change dramatically if we get rid of seven to 10, uh, members of Congress, if they're in jail, where they should be, and they're not going to get pardons. No, they won't get pardons. And, and and the one last thing, and we'll wrap things up because we are running late. Um, I know if a senator dies in office or leaves office for some reason, that the governor has the right to appoint a new senator. Is oh, that also Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but is that also? Is is that also the case with? I'm assuming it's the same case with representatives. It's not. Different. It depends. In some cases, uh, there there will be an election. Um, it depends on the state. So, I mean, but if these guys get expelled for doing crimes, and if a governor can appoint a new representative, and I, I got to check into that because I just don't know. I know it is with the, some most senators, but. But with the House, if those states happen to have Democratic governors, like you said, Wisconsin, 
say Ron Johnson gets indicted and he's out, well, Tony Evers is the is the current Democratic governor of Wisconsin. We're going to get a Democratic senator. And it would probably be the guy who ran against him. You know, I mean, he's right there ready to go, as it were. Uh, We could we can hope so. And Ron Johnson should be because we know he carried the um, he admitted uh, it. fake electors. Yeah, he admitted it straight up. So he was in contact with all these guys, and they probably got his voice on phone calls and text and whoever. They can prove all of it with all of these guys. But it was probably. only ten, it was only ten seconds, and yeah. and, and we all know the rule, is, <laughs> rule, rule, the rule is as long as you don't commit treason for more than ten seconds, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's written right there in one of those sections. That's but, in the Constitution, for Christ's sake. All right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to wrap things up. I know you got shit to do. I got some shit to do. So we'll wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. Ed, thanks for coming in. Uh, you bet. We, we might normally get together on Friday. Are you available Friday? Friday's good. Okay. We'll talk to Ed again Friday. I uh, hope all of you have a great day, and we will talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.